This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. This is Tony Diaz, a Libro Traficante, author of The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. And tonight on our multi-platform broadcast, Nuestra Palabra is bringing you the definition of community cultural capital. And we're so glad that you're joining us on several of our different platforms. So this originates on social media. So perhaps you're watching it on the Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say Facebook page. We then edit the uh, the video, and that will air on fox26houston.com. We edit the audio, and that will air on one of our first platforms, KPFT 90.1 FM, your community station. And I do need to pause there and remind folks that KPFT 90.1 FM is a community station, so no commercials. No corporations subsidizing what we plan. That's why we can do great shows like this that delve into art, cultura, our community, our terms on our terms. So if you can, please do make a donation to KPFT in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having to Say, so we can do our part to keep this amazing experiment and freedom of speech going. You can either go to kpft.org or call 713-526-5738. Today, we are celebrating the latest installment of Sin Muros, and they have got some exciting adaptations of what they've been doing. They're bringing in some new playwrights, some new community leaders, but also folks that you're used to hearing from and, and working with. So first and foremost, I want to say hi to a fellow Libro Traficante who is the director of the Sin Muros Festival, uh, you're like, hey, I thought he was part of Nuestra Palabra. He is. Hey, I thought he was part of Tintero's Project. He is. Hey, isn't he Poet Lord? He's all of that. <laughs> He's working on this awesome festival. And you can see what kind of car he drives right here in case you want to buy one. <laughs> His name is Lupe Mendez. Hermano, thank you for joining us. And please uh, accept todas las flores que estamos tirando. And please tell us who you've got lined up for us today to talk about Sin Muros. And I know a lot of them, but I want to let you introduce them. Do the things. Uh, okay. Uh, but I this. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Tony. Uh, thank you, MP. Thank you, KPFT, uh, for letting me uh, hop in. So um, in a nutshell, Sin Muros, a Latinx theater festival. Uh, this is the sixth iteration of the festival itself. Um, from humble beginnings uh, to major movements, um, in the six years that we've put on Sea Noodles, we, I think we calculated that we've been able to put on a uh, play reading theater festival that's provided funding and paycheck and support to well over, like, close to 300 to 400 uh, mm -hmm. local-based actors, producers, directors, ADs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in the, the five years previously and as we're getting down to the nitty-gritty uh, with this, our sixth year. Um, things that we've advanced in, 
Um, with this particular festival for this year, um, we've expanded several parts of the festival overall. Um, it's now multifaceted. Like we have teacher workshops, uh, artist workshops, a playwriting workshop, um, an arts market that's a part of the festival. Um, of course, the play readings themselves and opportunities for the public to join us uh, beginning Thursday, May 25th through Sunday, May 28th. Um, the festival is for all ages, um, as well as it's on a digital platform as well. One of our uh, plays um, has been selected as a, a digital offering uh, during the course of the festival. It will actually have a longer shelf life uh, than the rest mm. of the, the plays uh, because it will be um, placed on uh, Stage's YouTube channel uh, for use for um, academic instruction uh, for schools in the district, uh, in the districts around the Houston area so that they can use them for class uh, to talk about the things that are necessary when it comes to what Texas voices look like, um, especially from such a rich background as Latinidad offers. Um, because of the fact that we're not a monolith, every year the the changing and shifting movement of the festival, we consistently try to bring brand new, fresh voices uh, to the festival. And this year is no exception. Um, we are grateful for all the, the playwrights um, that are that are present within the festival mm -hmm. and then all the artists that are coming on to that have auditioned and decided to take on parts of the play readings uh and all the artists that are a part of the market and so it's it's been a blessing to put this together um i've been coordinator this will be my third year uh putting on the festival and so uh it's been it's been a, a total amazing whirlwind um and then one added, not added, but the thing that we've, that always brings me the most um, heartfelt pleasure is being able to name a artist or arts organization um, that has served the community and provide them with a tip of the hat and a prize in the form of the Premio Puente. Um, and so every year we uh, honor uh, an artist or an arts organization that has been involved with the community, um, has provided their own legacy to uh, interconnect everyone, even outside of theater, um, and then honor them during the festival. And so I'll allow any of the individuals that are also um, on the show with us tonight to, to introduce themselves by name. Um, and some of these individuals are the playwrights themselves, and some of these individuals are the... Uh, the finalists for the Premio Puente, um, which we will be um, announcing the night that the festival kicks off uh, on the 25th. So Lupe, so how yeah. about this? We've got the three finalists for the Premio Puente. Yes. Uh, do me a favor, mention one more time. So it's at Stages Theater and give Stages, the dates again and the times. Stages Houston, uh, 800 Roseland is the location of the theater. Uh, you can hit stageshouston.org to get more info about the theater. Um, the festival itself runs Thursday, uh, May 25th through um, Sunday, May 28th. Um, the website has all the dates and times. The way the festival works uh, will be 
every play reading happens twice. So mm. if you didn't get to see it on the night it premieres, you get to see it again uh, a different night of the festival. Um, and Gonzo, which yeah. I love Gonzo. Gonzo's so community. Gonzo is showing you what the website looks like on your love phone. It. All the infos on there. My fat face is on there. It's Chalupas. Uh, Lupe. <laughs> so all the infos on there. We're super grateful. Um, Stages has um, collaborated with a lot of Latino artists and community leaders to allow us community to guide what this festival can look like. They basically, for the week, give us the keys to the house and tell us to, nice. to wrap. And so we're super grateful for that opportunity. introduce the three finalists who who i know them all that that's a really great lineup and i'm so glad that you are archiving their history recognizing for the for the work that they do i know they don't do it for recognition but i'm glad that they're getting it and then we'll have you talk to the 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 folks that are from the um the teatro and then we'll talk to the to the award winners so lupa introduce the three finalists for the premio puente who so, you will then unveil that that evening we I'm gonna I'm be real, real, real community and real honest. This is the first year that we've had enough community members on the committee that we actually got into a massive double digit in the selection process for wow. the Premio Puente. We always hit like a max of eight when we're discussing who gets the prize. And so we've never been at the position where we have the capacity to even name finalists. And I'm grateful that this year we hit a, a high double digit and we were able to like whittle it down to uh, three individuals. And so our three finalists for the Premio Puente uh, are uh, Gonzo, uh, 247, uh, Ashley De Hoyos, and Denise Decolonize Lopez. Um, each of them major heavy hitters, who have guided uh, Latino arts across the city in a multitude of capacities. And I'm super grateful that they all uh, like accepted that we nominated them and then were elated when we told them that they were finalists. And so um, it's, it's been a real treat to see um, each of them. I, I like, I'm really close friends with one and I finally got to like hang out for a little while. Uh, Gonzo and I got to like have a really great conversation uh, the other night at my closeout for Poet Laureate, and it was a great opportunity, and and I'm a big fan of Ashley's curatorial work, and so um, yes, if the three of y'all could say hi, and we can talk a little bit of shop about what it means to be nominated. And maybe we'll start with uh, with Ashley, if you want to say a few words. Hey, welcome to the show, Ashley. Great to see you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony. It's good to see you in this format. And then we are, we're always behind tables and, and, you know, in communication and conversation about community things. So um, I'm honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, well, tell me, I know you don't do this for recognition. You've been doing so much in so many different capacities. What, what, what does it mean to get nominated for this for you? 
Oh, this is a huge honor. Um, someone who was raised by my grandparents, Amelia Contreras and Gilbert Contreras in Baytown, who um, really displayed a lot of um, service for their family and friends in their community. Um, mm. To be able to, to bring that into my curatorial practice and root it and understand what it means to um, create space for others to uplift other voices. Um, the nomination alone has was really meaningful. And I think it came also at a really uh, wonderful time where I've been thinking about my practice and what it means mm. after being at Diverse Works for five years. And so to be recognized by peers from the field and artists, like, I mean, I think that's a huge, like, um, just takeaway, just being, being nominated and being able to celebrate the work that, you know, I've been doing and, this, uh, and other community members have been doing. What I, what I do appreciate about what you do is you do um, participate at the high level of, and I call them corporate nonprofit in that they're larger nonprofits that have infrastructure, but you're also still very much tapped into the community. So that, that tell me, tell us a little about that balance. Um, you know, what does it look like for you? What are some of the challenges? And clearly there's, there's benefits or payoffs for you. Yeah, well, I, I can, you know, growing up in Baytown and living in, you know, Dayton, where my parents currently live and, and being around Crosby, my beginnings are very humble. Um, I was from a very different class than some of the individuals that I went to grad school with. Um, I have a very different background. And so I try to remember where I started whenever I'm working in the galleries and who my audience is or who I want my audience to be. Um, when I first got into art, I was almost embarrassed sometimes to bring family with me. And so that was something that I needed to work through. And, and I never want anybody who comes into the gallery feel like they're not seen or their work's not valid. Um, and as a curator, I have that position to really think through aesthetics, um, you know, conversation, um, helping uplift and share resources. And so while I straddle this world of having an MFA that brings me to the table of conversations where resources are shared and then sharing those resources with other or making sure other voices are uplifted that are not, vis that are not visible in the room mm -hmm. is really important um, as part of my practice. Um, I love when I'm able to bring someone into the gallery and it's their first time showing work in a, in a space like that. Um, specifically when they may not have thought of themselves as an artist. Um, I believe art is everywhere around us and that it's really informed by our upbringing um, and all of those uh, values of aesthetics or our culture are really important to um, be in the, in the conversation of the art um, historical canons uh, mm -hmm. and, and contemporary field. Thank you. Thank you very much. And let's chat with Decolonize. Uh, Decolonize. Great to see you. Uh, as always, you're always repping the uh, highest level of of, uh, of lits, but also very, very mucho corazón and, and, and community components. Um, tell, tell us about what you think this moment means for for the this recognition, but kind of where maybe the community is at for us to to be able to, to celebrate all three of you at this time. Sure. Thank you for having me, inviting me. Um, I was surprised by the being in the running. I was super surprised by being a finalist because the the 
amount of people that I know in Houston that are doing work that are creatives and to be like, oh, okay, you know, um, I stood out from that. And it's very true that like, it, it was a reminder to me to like, look up and realize sometimes that you have to stop and realize that you're, people are paying attention to the work and that they're connecting to the work. And so, um, you know, for me, it's just, uh, great to be people to to say congratulations and um I, I told someone they were like congratulations I'm like I was like I am always working so much and like just doing what I feel needs to be done that I I like stop I don't stop to think about like awards or things like that so it's really an honor and I mean just the people that are in the room um I don't know. I'm like, you, you like me, you really like me. <laughs> that really, that means a lot to me. Um, um, as far as like, I think um, for me, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a do it yourself or I have such a hard time waiting for permission. And so I, mm. in the work that I do, um, I'm proud that I can teach people about how to do that for themselves, you know, and kind of creating the, those worlds that are just for you. And like, you know, we don't have to rely on other people to to um, validate us all the time. We don't have to wait for them to give us permission, uh, even give us money. We are very resourceful and we find the ways to do it, you know, in ways that make sense to us and have us connected to culture, have us connected to um, ourselves in a spiritual way. And so I'm, I'm happy that that's worked for me, you know, um, all this time. And it's, and it's great to be in the space that I am in radio and be able to show people what I've learned. And, you know, you end up being like a mentor in so many ways and a guide in so many ways that you don't realize, like, I'm just trying to give you guys information, but um, you end up meaning a lot to so many people. So it was kind of a reminder and all of that. And you, you do so many different things. Like if you had a business card for each aspect, right, you'd have like a stack like <laughs> this. But I do want to reflect so people can kind of understand the trade off in that Clearly, you're an artist. However, you do all these other things. Um, how much of your time that could just be your practice do you give up to do some of these other things? And, and why do you do that? It's like most of it. I think really like in the last year, I've had to make myself stop and do my own work, you know, and like, be like, you have uh, all these poems, you have all these things that need your attention. Like I thought about it the other day, you're always trying to figure out like a cool thing to write on your Instagram. Not that they have them little bubbles. And I was like, <laughs> if I could just like cook for everybody all day, I'd be happy, you know, like make food for people that I care about. But, you know, so it's most of it, you know, um, I, I feel like my activism and my poetry has, I've had to integrate it into having a radio station and have, you know, have really realizing that it's a network and um, it's not a show, it's like a network and people come. And um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's, I've definitely just recently been like, you've got to take some time and remember to work on your own things, especially because so many new people come along and, you know, they're like, 
who are you? And I'm like, excuse me. <laughs> I've been doing this work, but you know, you, yeah. So, you know, staying, staying relevant, staying with the current and things is, is always a challenge, but you know, I've created a platform for other people to do those things. And, and, and uh, before we go to Gonzo, um, fellow broadcasters, the fellow broadcasters, give a shout out to your to your uh, broadcast, and then also uh, tell folks about your website too. Give the address, please. Sure. So um, I'm the co-founder of All Real Radio. We are allrealradio.com. We're a 24/7 soul, hip hop, and R&B radio station. And right now we have about 20 shows that come on weekly, including my show. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, that that is uh, co-hosted by my partner Risky Serial, and that's Monday through Friday. We do the morning show, and of course, I have to give a shout out to my brother Zen because I think so many of us wouldn't be here without his uh, mm-hmm. his start of so many things at KPFT mm-hmm. at All Real Radio, mm-hmm. and so yeah, um, AllRealRadio.com, all social media at All Real Radio, and we have an app. It's free. You can uh, listen to it anywhere in the world. And in June, we're going to be nine years um, wow. broadcasting 24-7. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Con- congratulations. Thank you. And the third nominee for this amazing, what, what a great list of folks. Uh, Gonzo, great to see you again. I'm so happy that I've been able to run into you Uh in the real 3D world, <laughs> you know, and uh, really appreciate all that you do and have been doing. So you get many recognitions, um, not enough recognition, but how does this fit into to what's going on in Houston and what does it mean to you to be recognized for this from the Sin Mudos Festival? Well, first of all, thank you, uh, Libro Traficante, Nuestra Palabra, uh, Sin Mudos, for, one, for the opportunity to be here right now live uh, with you all um, and for the nomination. And honestly, like to be in the top three, uh, you know, with Denise and Ashley, as crazy as it sounds, like being nominated with this group, I think I already feel like a winner. I think we're all already winners of the fact that we made it this far. So, so that in itself is already an honor. Uh, what else can you ask for? Um, and, and I think for now, for today, it's funny what, what uh, Denise and, and Ashley were saying just resonates with me because I, I think. You know, we all have our own paths in, in our own journey, but but we share these same experiences. And a lot of times you think, you know, you're siloed off thinking I'm the only one experiencing this. And it's always great when you hear other people speak and you and you start hearing from other people's perspectives and you're like, yo, like, yeah, I, I agree with what you just said, because I experienced it, you know, this way or that way. And, and part of like, you know, this nomination and what it means to me is a lot of times I, I you know, I do forget that that people are watching what what we are doing. Right. Uh, and, and a lot of times, you know, well, I'll backtrack it. When I was a kid, there wasn't anyone for me to look up to. When I was a kid, there wasn't someone I could point at and say, yo, I see what they're doing. I want to do that. The only thing I had was this one mural by Leo Tanguma. I didn't know who he was. I, didn't, I never met him personally, but his artwork, the mural itself inspired me to want to be an artist, knowing nothing else about it. Uh, you know, my parents came from Mexico. They didn't know much about art. So it, it took a while for me to figure out who I am and how I fit into this, you know, this, this world. But looking back, you know, I realized the importance of art and the accessibility to art. 
not every not everyone's parent can take time off of work to take them to an art gallery or a museum or, or might not have the money to pay to get in. And for me, at an early age, I realized that the power of art on the street, on the street level, that's literally accessible and, and anyone can, can experience it. It was really important for me uh, to be able to provide that for the next generation. You know, like one neighborhood or one, one mural in my neighborhood inspired a bunch of us kids to want to grow up to be artists. I figured, what, what would have happened if that neighborhood had two murals or three murals? What would happen if the city had 100 murals? And that really sparked this, this journey of like how much street art or how much work can we put in the public realm that's easily accessible. And, and now more than ever, you know, it, I feel like this nomination really, really just drives that point home of like what we do is important, whether we realize that people are really paying attention or whether, whether we realize that, that people are actively kind of like looking for, for inspiration and for uh, role models. Uh, this kind of really does help, uh, you know, solidify that what we do is important. And sometimes we have to realize and come up for air and be like, oh yeah, okay, let's, let's, let's make more of this happen. So it's inspiring, makes you want to do even more. Well, that, that's a great way to put it because I think even just the act of creating the award, um, you know, Lupe and all the folks at stage uh, stages and uh, the folks that are um, impulsando este movimiento de Sin Muros, they're pausing to consecrate this award, which demands that we stop, draw attention, understand our power, because there is power to say, here are things that should be recognized. Uh, and, and along those same lines, um, what I love is that you mentioned Mexican-American history, Chicano history, because that Tanguma um, mural, I remember you helped, you helped, you know, you helped bring it back from being evaporated from our history. I remember watching the award the, the, the commemoration of it and on a street where it was, you know, when people thought it was derogatory to, they were trying to insult us by calling us Chicano. Here were the words Chicano ringing from the speakers. And here was this mural brought back to life. So I do want to, I want to ask you because in your work, it's visual art, it's street art, it's Mexican American studies, it's Chicano history. You hang out with the writers, you know, uh, is it important to you to combine all those things in, in all the work that you do? You know, for me, I, I, I learned again, like uh, Leo Tengumo's mural uh, had one little ribbon that says, you know, uh, the, the quote, uh, very, very little text was in it. And, and you know, as a kid, I, I didn't, uh, when I didn't know how to read, I, visually, I could, I, could, I could understand a lot more. And I understood the power of art. A lot of times, you know, people might not be able to read English or people might not be able to read at all. Um, and the power of visual arts to be able to communicate uh, themes and messages and ins inspiration with, with uh, you know, without even having to speak anything, I think is powerful. Uh, that being said, then you can have the, the, the double power, the wonderful and thunderful of including text and including, you know, uh, inspiration poets or writers and, and be able to use that in context with the visual to make an you know, even bigger impact. But I think the, the creative energy that you can put out there. Uh, really does go out and it, and it touches the people that need to be that need that inspiration at that moment. Fantastic. Thanks. Thank you for all that. And I want to bring it back to Lupe Mendez. Speaking of creative energy, of course, um, the El Movimiento de Sin Muros comenzó como un festival de, de teatro. Um, so tenemos tres, uh, tres teatristas con nosotros. Please introduce them. And uh, we'd love to hear from them on, on what they're planning to presentar. Y claro, if you're having fun now, these are just some of the folks, the intelligentsia, the intellectuals, the cool folks you're going to meet 
when you go to stages and they're gonna run the joint. So you know it's gonna be a party, pero para buena. Tell us about the rest of the crew. Um, and so the way the festival works is um, we open up the submission process and uh, we keep the idea of Texas rooted Latino theater at the forefront. And so all the individuals that get to submit are rooted to Texas in some way. They Their work mentions uh, someplace in Texas. They themselves grew up in the state. They've studied here, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, this year, two of the playwrights that uh, have been selected, um, Ricardo uh, Davila and David Davila, uh, Ricardo has uh, his play, uh, Parts Per Million and Profits, uh, has been selected. And then uh, David Davila's play, uh, Hotel Puerto Vallarta, a legitimate work of dramatic theater, uh, are two of the selections for this year. And so uh, we're super thankful they said yes, uh, reading through their plays, selecting the plays every year. Um, it's a blessing and a curse because it is, it's rough. Like we sit and we, we spend a, a while like talking through what do we want the festival to look like? What voices are represented? Uh, what freshness can we, can we put together by putting it this way? And so we're super grateful that they both uh, said yes to being a part of the festival. Let's start with Ricardo. Say the name of your work several times, and then, <laughs> and then and tell us what, what does this mean for you as a playwright to to get to present your work at stages for Sin Muros. Yeah. Um, hi. First of all, thank you for for having me. Um, my name is Ricardo. I, um, so the play that I wrote is called Parts Per Million and Profits. Um, I wrote this, I moved to Houston last summer in June, um, but previously I had been working, I'm an actor primarily, and I was mm -hmm. here working, doing a show at Alley Theater. And it was while I was here that I started writing this play that, uh, um, you know, writing sometimes can be very tedious and very, uh, just very laborious, but sometimes it also just sort of flows out of you for whatever reason. And this is one of those that just kind of like wanted to come out and I just sort of followed that impulse. Um, but, uh, what it means to be part of the festival. I mean, uh, I mean, it's a huge blessing, you know, I feel very honored. It's, uh, it's my first time getting, uh, uh, a play that I've written workshop. So cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, so I'm still very green as a writer. So I, I kind of recognize the, the gift that this is to have the resources and um, to have a group of actors sort of like collectively come together in a room and, and present in front of an audience. So I'm very, very grateful, um, both for the opportunity to exercise um, my abilities as a writer and to get the experience of workshopping something and to have the experience of um, putting it out in front of the public and sort of seeing what the response is um, because so much of their response I, I think is going to shape 
the feature of this piece. Mm -hmm. And also because um, the nature of the piece itself, um, you know, I started writing, I started writing after grad school. I went to, I, I did undergrad and grad school for acting. So that's sort of like my, my first love, but. Where did you study? Where did you study? I did my bachelor's at NYU and uh, grad school at the Yale School of Drama. Um, Dang, I'm glad Houston stole you. you can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and so I graduated, you know, and um, you know, you kind of get hit with sort of the reality of the industry and not that I, I had tremendous luck and, and good fortune kind of coming out of school, but you're, you also are hit with sort of the the reality that um, there's a lot of downtime in between the acting work mm -hmm. and how do you sort of maintain uh, fulfilled creatively. Um, and I think also, I it, it was also kind of born out of, um, I graduated in 2017 and then that September was it, was like Hurricane Maria and I'm Puerto Rican. And that was just sort of like, um, that was just like an existential, moment for me that just like threw me into a deep depression and you know mm -hmm. I think I think much like um much like a hurricane was a moment of rebirth um and I that's I think when my the practice of my writing really started picking up but I still didn't know what my voice is or what it is that I wanted to say uh and it took me a bit to sort of like write a few sort of short things and then be able to kind of like um, look back at them and see what I had written to realize that I had a very strong affinity or interest or curiosity connection to uh, ecology and nature and issues surrounding climate change, mm. and, um, biodiversity, um, and I think probably maybe more essentially is just really trying to write for the sake of for the sake of um, addressing this rift that has existed for way too long between our species as human beings and the rest of the natural world and this sort of um, hmm. um, lie that we've been living under that we are somehow separate um, and that somehow gives us a feeling of superiority to the detriment of every other sort of like form of life. So that's kind of where my writing is, is born hmm. out of. Um, so I, I'm also excited because it's an opportunity to finally kind of Put those ideas out in front of people and see if maybe you know I, my hope is to i guess inspire people to um develop a bit more of a personal and intimate relationship with their natural surroundings and to um kind of uh uh see the the world as 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 a relative as it, i feel like we all uh did prior to this sort of like wave of colonization that has wreaked havoc on this planet So we're looking forward to uh, Ricardo's parts per millions and profits, which will astenarse. So this is your North American debut for for your work. You've been on stage, mm -hmm. so we hope people can <laughs> come and enjoy that. And and I'm very proud that Houston has that role in your uh, in your history. And we're gonna come back later and ask Lupe. Um, we'll put him on the spot and say what he liked about uh, both of your obras. We'll give him a little time to, to calibrate his answer. Uh, 
And then David, David, welcome to the show and congratulations on uh, having your piece presented. Tell, say the name of your piece a bunch of times and uh, what, what does it mean for you to, to have your work presented at stages during Sin Muros? Sure, well, can you hear me, first of all? Perfectly. Okay, it's so loud here. I'm like in a Starbucks parking lot. Back the barrel behind me. I'm in Commerce, Texas. Oh, see how loud the trucks. Commerce, so Texas? What are you doing there? I love it. Driving through. Actually, um, talking about what it what it means to me. I'm actually just really, really grateful. I've uh, because I have a lot of family in Houston that for one, has never seen any of my work. Wow. And two, um, my uncle died two nights ago. Oh, you oh, have my, you have our condolences. Thank you. In Houston. <gasps> and funerals in Houston, all my, like, so it actually means a lot that I'm like able, like, I'm going to be here for that. I'm driving down right now. Mm. Like, you know, it just feels like this was somehow you know, meant to be, that I would get to be here for all of this. So, yeah. And where, where do you live? But where, where do you live? I'm sort of all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I've lived in New York for 12 years, but I'm currently finishing up an MFA fellowship in Indiana. But I don't really like to say I live in Indiana. Uh, <laughs> I bought that. In You're driving from Indiana to Houston? Yes, 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 yes. Oh my, you get the point. Oh yeah, y'all got it. Okay, I'm sorry. Y'all Houstonians, I mean, we're also going to have this on the podcast, so folks from all over will live. Houstonians, este hermano is driving from Indiana. I used to drive from Chicago to Houston, which was 24 hours. That's even further. So we got to just to support you just for that. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, um, you know, I... Uh, so anyway, I'm just honored for that. I'm, I'm thankful for this opportunity. Um, yeah, I mean, I've applied a bunch to this festival. I don't know if they finally said, oh, give him one. Uh, <laughs> bring him over one year. <laughs> I have a lot of plays, so I'm like, probably send, send one every year. And, and uh, for some reason, they like this one, which is, this play is called, God, you're so loud, birds. <laughs> this play is called... Hotel Puerto Vallarta. Uh, Hotel Puerto Vallarta. That, again, that's Hotel Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> and it is, uh, it's a comedy. I wrote it during the pandemic just because, um, honestly, I just wanted some joy. So it's a farce. Um, <laughs> it's a silly, it's a really, 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 really stupid farce. <laughs> um, about drag queens in Puerto Vallarta, which is a, you know, everyone knows is a big gay destination in Mexico. So, um, you know, it's it's crazy slamming doors, mistaken identities, uh, <laughs> naked men running around. And uh, I really just intended this to be fun, which is why the title has the little sub uh, title a legitimate work of dramatic theater because it is not a legitimate work of dramatic theater. But I think, you know, it did, it did end up being a legitimate work of dramatic theater, especially with what's going on in politics right now with the scapegoating of drag and trans people and it becoming such a political, unnecessarily a political agenda to um, 
distract from what's actually going on in, in the world, and uh, which is very concerning for me. And, and it's happening in Texas too, right? And Tennessee and all over. So I don't know how this silly, silly, stupid, harmless play can end up end up being a political play that I did not intend to write. <laughs> very political plays about other political things. But I really honestly just wrote it to be something joyful, to be a celebration of queer love, of, of the creation of queer families. And um, that's honestly what it's about. I mean, these people who have to find families with other queer people. Um, and in the play, the hotel is, you know, is, is uh, comes into threat of being bought by developers and closed down and they have to come up with a crazy scheme to save the hotel. I mean, it's really just a stupid gentrification, classic <laughs> stupid plot. But uh, you know, in the end, it is about love and queer families and uh, acceptance and and where you find joy and home. So yeah, I, I mean, thank, I'm just thankful that they're bringing me in right now. It really does like, whew, I'm so glad that I'm going to be in Houston for uh, with my family during this time. So thank you. Well, I appreciate I appreciate that you're doing a live uh, live drop in there's the Commerce Texas, and uh, it sounds like you try to run as far away from politics as possible. You're like, I'm gonna make this screwball farce, and you ran right into all the political issues that Texas is examining, and it needs your play. Imira, there's you know from the bottom of my heart and the whole crew, we give you our condolences. We know you're taking it in pride, and obviously this esta obra va a ser algo. Poderoso para tu familia. So thank you for making us part of your yeah. familia. We know that Houston va a tirar flores y apoyarte. And, and we're very happy to have you here. What did you love about these plays? So, te canso. David, te canso. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, the one thing I, I will say about the four plays is that when we say that we're doing the work to find unique and, and refreshing ideas about Latino theater, we're also talking about the, the we keep hitting on the touchstone that Latinidad isn't a monolith. Like we all come from very vastly different threads and selecting the playwrights for this year and their plays. We looked at what were the topics and the themes that, that they were toying with. Um, and we looked at the concept that in the landscape of what it means to tell these histories and these stories is that it, 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 the unique thing becomes the political thing becomes the universal thing. Um, it, it is a, to talk about the natural connections to environment and the way hurricanes exist. We, we we're at the doorstep, right? Like the threaded connection between uh, Ricardo's play and our understanding of hurricanes and tropical storms here. We're familiar with it. And so, it's that shared line. Um, and with David's play, we had already had a conversation in, in we're not the only theater um, putting together 
shows and concepts that that are both celebratory and comical. Um, Main Street Theater was just in the news because they put together uh, their kids show for James and the Giant Peach. And apparently that turned into a big brouhaha because uh, several of the characters in the play play other gendered individuals. And it caused conservative school districts to cancel their ticketed showings uh, for students because of all the, the politicization of what this is and is not. Like, James and the Giant Peach has been a play for Main, for Main Street for a decade. Like, other people have put it on. It's, it is not a thing, right? And at the same time, we look at uh, David's play, uh, and it is brilliant. It's funny. And we, we look at it and say, we need that light. Like, we need that levity. We need that joy. And that's exactly what he said. And so that's, those are the elements that we're looking at. And the, the, one of the uniqueness of our play festival is also, it gives the playwrights that we're working with a chance to meld and mold and experiment and see what is it that the voices and the characters and the stories are saying in a low key, low stakes kind of way, because it's a play reading, mm. they get to revamp and look at, at what the play is doing um, up until, and even after we've done the, the, the estreno and the, the play reading itself. And so uh, several of the playwrights that have worked with us before they've gone on to tour their plays, their version of the plays that they've run with us from right. the festival yeah. on some of them have been award-winning uh, plays yeah. themselves. Yeah. And so, we both stages and Simudos, the committee, we are super grateful that they take a chance on us. Um, and we're super, super grateful that we get to, to be able to be a notch on the, the progressive uh, belt that they get to, to toy with and brainstorm for their future work. Like it's, it's us mm. polishing that brightness and to make it, you know, beam even better. You know what, Lupe, though? I'm glad you mentioned this, uh, the censorship culture that's going on, especially how it's affected mainstream theater. And um, I know a lot of the art community, uh, maybe they're disillusioned, frustrated, overwhelmed by all this. But I also want to point out that our job is to keep creating art. And Correct. I think that's Correct. such a powerful way to engage our communities, inspire each other, especially right now so that we're not discouraged and it's a beautiful thing to do. So do me a favor, Lupe, um, give out ex again, the website, the dates, the times, and uh, so that people will go and run there. Um, so if you're watching this, if you're listening to this on the radio, please come to Stages Houston. Uh, the theater is 800 uh, Roseline. Um, you can go to stageshouston.org to get more info. Uh, you can... I think they're on social media at Stages Houston. You can get all the info. The play festival happens beginning Thursday, um, May 25th, 7.30 on. Uh, will The full estreno of the night uh, will present the Premio Puente that night. To the, to, we'll highlight the nominees and present the winner of the prize. Um, we are, we've collaborated with Tintero Projects, and there will be a poet at every estreno for every play 
Awesome. Uh, the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday, the Sunday. Um, we have poets that are presenting a poem based on the plays. Just oh, wow. the play readings happen. Um, it's a practice we've done since since the beginning. Right. Uh, it'll be a really, really great opportunity. Um, and the plays happen Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, uh, Saturday day, and Saturday night. And then also uh, matinee showings uh, on Sunday. Um, and so we're super grateful uh, to you, Tony, and to Nuestra Palabra uh, for having us here. Um, we're super excited to get everything going. Beginning the 20th uh, is actually like the beginning brouhaha. Like we're doing the background part and getting all of the actors and ADs, directors, uh, and everybody so that we can kind of begin setting the stage. Uh, Monday, we have a little powwow for ourselves to kind of get in the mix and talk. Uh, and then rehearsals begin Monday, the, the 22nd and the lights go up, uh, staged readings occur Thursday night. And it's, it's a full four days of happy madness, uh, at stages. And so we're super grateful and, uh, por favor, uh, unense con nosotros and, and join us for this amazing opportunity. Fantastic. I want to thank all of you for, for being generous with your time. Each one of you, we could do like a one-hour profile on each of you. So I appreciate <laughs> all of you coming, being so gracious with your time, sharing the mic. And people, we can't even fit all the talent we got into one hour, okay? So come, disfruten. I want to thank the nominees for this year's Puente Award, uh, Decolonize, Ashley de Hoyos, uh, Gonzo, our dear friends. And then our new friends that have some amazing teatro they're going to share. Uh, Ricardo Davila, David Davila, ustedes con todo corazón, bienvenidos a nuestra familia. And then, of course, uh, El Mero Mero, he's dangerous. He's got a dangerous mind. Uh, Lupe Mendez, part of, been part of the crew uh, for so long. We're happy to support all that you do. And I got to shout out to some of our other crews behind the scene. Roxana Guzman, who is our multi-platform producer. Rodrigo Bravo, who's our audio engineer. And then, of course, all the Libro Traficantes. Uh, again, if you tune into KPFT 90.1 FM, we hope that you'll take this time to make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say, by either visiting kpft.org or calling 713-526-573. I'm Tony Diaz, Libro Traficante. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're going to see you at Sin Muros. Bye. <laughs> Cuando hablas de violencia dice paz, callan, que cuando hablas de guerra dice paz, callan, que cuando hablas de...